Listen, I have an idea. An idea. An idea. Whatever today has given you Five eleven headaches still call it Thanksgiving True Welcome to another edition of the Super Duper Podcast. I'm your host Rob Briggs with the Super Producer and on vacation is McMahon. Yes. <laughs> What's going on, man? How you doing? Read a book, read a book, read a blinky blinky book. <laughs> Chilling, man. Glad you uh glad we're here today, man. Thank you for listening to the Super Duper Podcast. Shout out to our people in Uganda. Where else is Switzerland? Switzerland, Brazil, uh, a bunch of other Obrigado. places. Yeah, the UK, UK, all over the place, man. Internationally known, locally respected. We appreciate you checking out the Super Duper Podcast. Follow us online at hp53productions.com, where you can find our merch and other content such as the Father Good Podcast with the Kenny Stevenson and Marshall Gibbons and our own Ed McMahon with the Easy Smoking GM podcast. So it's RIP to the Bears, yeah? Season is officially over. They yeah. are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. So uh, we hit hard on that. But uh, most importantly, um, we talked some HBCU football mm. and um, – Jackson State and Deion Sanders signing of the number one player, high school player in the country, uh, Travis Hunter. He's number one? That was number two. Well, it depends on what you – ESPN had him ranked number two. Got there are other sites that had him ranked number one, so I'm going to say Got he's it. number one. Got it. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, and just the the backlash that uh, that was heard. Um, really? From some, from some haters out there that basically said that um, that he made a mistake in signing with Jackson State. With so uh so yeah we 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 definitely touched on that topic so that's something did you watch the uh, basketball tournament uh that uh, I guess Michael B Jordan was a part you of you know what I HBC didn't season? I didn't yeah. watch it and actually my Hampton Pirates were mm-hmm. supposed to be in it that's and, what I thought um, yeah. yeah they um they had a bit of a COVID outbreak so they suspended mm-hmm. all um um uh, all basketball activities uh for the next uh, couple of weeks here so mm-hmm. or. I don't know how long, but yeah, so we had to, we had to miss it. Our cheerleaders in the band were able to go and participate, but uh, but our team was not able to. So, oh man, well, wow, so excited to hear that, man. Yeah, but uh, yeah. but but make sure you check out the Easy Smoking GM podcast. From we talking more about the Bulls, just the Bears are done, and uh, also the Father Good podcast with Marshall Gibbons and Kenny Stevenson, and also don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Super Duper Pod. It's SUPA. D-U-P-A-P-O-D. Again, it's S-U-P-A-D-U-P-A-P-O-D. Today, we have a great show. Our own Dr. Williams, Professor Williams, a.k.a. World, uh, will be on here talking to us about reading the book. But just real quick, man, I'm on this uh, website. Uh, so Steph Curry, we talked about his uh, the, the record that you don't think is a real record last week. And so apparently he not he launched his site. I didn't, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. Run the tape. No. I said, said, how is this an important? No, no, say it now. Uh, I uh. said that it was that it was it was uh, um, um, it was celebrated. 
out of control. That's that's all I said. Run it's a record. I mean, he, it, it, he does have the most three-pointers in NBA history. It was it's, only 40 years, Rob. It's just really saying. that impactful. Anyway. It's not. They, it's not. They, they, anyway, they, go, they, on, go on. They lost, he lost his site, 2974sc.com. You could buy NFTs of all his three-pointers or three-pointer or three pointer, like uh, accomplishments throughout the years. So they found 2,974 different images to be purchased as an NFT. And I was looking at the site, man, like, the joints I'm seeing, twelve hundred bucks a pop. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's wow. And, and these are more being bid on. Like one right now, the floor price is one million one hundred eighty nine thousand with one hundred ninety three open auctions. This is amazing. Just this, the NFT is a way to go, man. I don't. Un- I still don't understand the. I don't either. But it's how like that it's works. Just buy one. Buy buy something. I mean, because again, like these Bitcoin people are making. They're billionaires if it, if they can get to their computers. Like, what was the password? Juicy Fruit eighty nine. Was it? <laughs> was that it? Jeez. Okay, so let me let me ask. Okay, so if you buy if you buy an image, mm-hmm. an NFT image, mm-hmm. then if someone uses it, they have to they have to pay you. Is that yeah? Is that... That's essentially it. So so basically, it... every image that has ever been taken of him is is trying to be sold, and then you won't be able to use anything without. Somebody had to reach out to you, right? Somebody had to reach out to you and say, "Hey, well, I want to use that image." And you're all right. Either you can maybe sell it back, or you know, they they pay you some some fee. But that's the whole point of it. So it's the new basketball card, which I have. I found a lot of. I have a lot of those. I want of those are uh, still doable, still actually still valuable. That's what I'm looking for. But yeah, man, like do what priced one thousand two hundred forty nine dollars for, and it's just like a random. Random shots, man. The shot, but and I, and I and I bring this up because I got to give it to him. It's like, you know, he knew he was gonna break the record, but it's like, you know, all these things around it. Like I think he got like he got like a little hats going. You know what I'm saying? The Steph Curry brand is a big deal. It's like it's just crazy how now these guys are businesses and it's working toward. It's working for them. You know what I'm saying? They're building up their legacies for their families, man. That's pretty cool. Uh, and all, oh, yes, man, it'll be Christmas. I guess when this is up this weekend, man. So you got your Christmas plans. Already, uh, I think we're gonna hang out with the family, but with yeah. Omicron out and uh, wreaking havoc here, I don't. We we may not. We'll see. We'll see yeah. what happens. Well, that Omicron, aka Omarion, got people uh, changing their uh, <laughs> changing their plans. Yeah, for yeah. real, man. I think it's gonna be a solo Christmas. But people, please get tested. Uh, you know what I'm saying? At this point, if you're vaccinated or not, just go get tested. And don't don't put your people in jeopardy if you don't have to. You know what I'm saying? I think I think we would rather be safe than you know, it's the 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 family gathering ain't worth it if everybody's gonna get sick and have you know, we don't know how it's gonna affect each other. So definitely get tested before you hang out, especially if you're traveling. Please get tested. Just be safe, man. You know, stay your distance, limit the groups. But you know, people are gonna do what they're gonna do anyway, but you know, we gotta stay our part. So just wish y'all the best this Christmas. Uh, definitely, guys, be safe. But again, I alluded to it earlier. Uh, we have Professor Williams on the show today. Because as you know, we talk about, I saw Spider-Man No Way Home, which is great, by the way. So many uh, Easter eggs, cameos, just a fantastic movie. Uh, you know, I'm watching stuff on Netflix. Uh, got, got a whole list of shows to watch. And I thought, when's the last time I read a book? You know what I mean? Like, the last book I read was actually a finance for managers book. Very riveting stuff. You know what I'm saying? That took me about a year to read because I was just like, all right, just finish this dog on book route. But I thought about it in terms of like, you know, there's so many books coming out and, you know, it's a lot of a lot of good information in books. Like books can really take you places and we get so stuck to the screen and the TV. 
when if it's a good or bad thing. You know what I'm saying? So we got Dr. Williams on because again, I've known him all my life and said it over and over again. And one thing he's been somebody is you know, he's a professor number one, always an avid reader of books. He gives me gifts of books, been giving me since I was a kid, gifts of books, man. So he's a perfect person to talk to about it. He give I told him to give us a recommendation of three books. I think we ended with about 10. It was pretty hilarious. So here's uh, Dr. Williams. Today on Super Duper Pie, we always have my wonderful guest, my brother. I call him World. Y'all call him Dr. Professor Williams. How you doing, sir? Doing fantastic, family. Good to be here again. Man, always good to see you, man. So, talking to you, right, felt definitely should have you on because, you know, on the Super, Super Duper Pie, the SDP, we're always giving our top shows to watch, us uh, top next flick shows. I'm always gushing about a new Disney Plus Marvel, mm-hmm. I ran to see Spider-Man, No Way Home, masked up, you know, I yeah. picked my seat strategically so nobody was near me. And, I, and it hit me like, hey, what's the last book you read? You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and, and I know with the holidays coming up and, and definitely with all of the, with the uh, Omicron or, the, or black people call it the Omarion virus. Oh, Marianne, <laughs> that's funny. You know, you know, we got to we got to mix it up. You know, we got to expand it. And, that, and, you know, and claim it. You know, we right. got we to gotta reclaim it and rename it. That's what we do. With that Omarion out there, people are going to be in the house. And I'm yep. sure most folks will be, you know, taking advantage of the streaming services. But I want to take a, take a minute to just get people, you know, talk about books. And you are the person that has given me books since I was a kid for birthdays as gifts. I thought you were weird at first, but I appreciate that now that, you know, you're trying yep. to get me to read and do stuff, man. So. I asked you to come on today to talk about that, but first I want you to give us a few, uh, some recommendations of books we should be checking out in the next few weeks or so. so. Yep. Hey, listen, uh, I, you know, of course, like anything else, like any good professor, good story, there are uh, at least a hundred books you should be reading, but because <laughs> you guys got, so first of all, you give me, you know, a, a few books and I I, I want to talk, you know, this is a, a, a five part series, but <laughs> the haiku, as I say, the easiest and fastest way to explain it is, listen, the great, African-American scholar, feminist scholar, thinker, creator, public intellectual, Bell Hooks died last week. And um, any book by Bell Hooks is worth reading. The one that I would recommend uh, that has been speaking to me and I, that I picked up on the day of her death um, is called We Real Cool Black Men and Masculinity. You know, Hooks is known as a, you know, a, a feminist who put the, you know, an African-American, a woman of African, African-American woman from Kentucky who, you know, decided that the reason that things, you know, framing the experiences and trying to make sense of the world through a feminist lens, the reason that many black women and working class women didn't, you know, really want, want as strongly pulled to that initially was because their lives weren't at the center. They were at the margin because a lot of the work that she did was just about understanding that intersection between race and gender and, and class um, and, you know, but, the you know, but she's also a person who's written widely on, you know, issues about compassion, about love. But the, the book that I always love of her is the most recent work. I mean, she's famous for, you know, uh, you know, ain't our woman. But the book that I that I like the most and I think is a good one to read is about black men and about about, you know, about masculinity. There are many ways. There are many right ways to be a black man. And what I like about the book is find one way. Right. There are many ways that we if we. Um, you know, uh, I'm paraphrasing her now, but she says, you know, we can get beyond the boundaries of those um, kind of limited categories where it leads us is with a lot of hope. Um, and, you know, you know, and I think 
you know, We Real Cool, Black Men and Masculinity is a really, it's a thin book, it's a short book, but there are no words wasted, no words mm-hmm. wasted in that book. It's a really great book. Um, and it's the kind of book you can sit down and you could read it and read three pages and it could carry you for a month. You wow. know, you could read, you could read one of the essays in it. I mean, she's a, you know, she writes excessively. And I mean, just thinking about talking to you about it, and I just miss her because, you know, this is a person that, you know, again, you want you want to see a social media person. You look at her. So, you know, even though she's gone now, look at her social media platform. Look up Bell Hook's name. Look at the, the interview she's done. But when you really think about it, she's still a writer and a scholar. And she's talking in ways that are accessible to people about their lived experiences mm. and putting people who normally are on the margins at the center and doing it in a way that says, hey, to create a transformative world, you got to put the people who are transforming the world at the center and not at the margins. And uh, there are very few people who can talk um, in that, what I call that both academic and common sense way about black men and about our experiences. And I mean, I, I was, I'll say this, we are the embodiment of American cool. And she gets that, you know, and she takes right. that, that great uh, first line from Gwendolyn Brooks uh, poem, you know, we real cool and made it into the title. Uh, so that's a good place to start. It really is because it's the kind of book you don't need to, again, sit down and be on a train or a plane. You could just read the introduction. You could just read the first couple of pages. You can read the whole book and you will you're, you will be transformed about so many things. It's just it's there. So that's that's one book I would say, uh, you know, as I tell people, go on Amazon, uh, go to your local bookstore. Uh, it's the kind of book because you just passed. It's going to be in great demand. All of, her, all of her writings are in great demand. But generally speaking, any book by Bell Hooks is a book worth reading. It really is. I mean, and so I can't I can't talk about all my hundred books, but I'll say this. <laughs> Bell Hooks wrote at least 20 of them. So I'm recommending one. But really, I recommend all 20 of them. It's funny. We talked about her uh, on the last pod when she the last two pods when she passed away. Mm-hmm. And I was saying how. I got turned on to her in Williams College, but I really think I, I was trying to probably impress a woman. I'm sure I was, of but ended, ended up being impressed by Bell Hooks, man. Like, like right. you said, it was, That's the it right was, way. yeah, man. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I read, I read Bell Hooks to me. Yeah, Let me yeah, skim through it. this real Can quick. I come over and see you? Can we talk? Listen, I'm gonna bring my Bell Hooks book yeah, yeah, over yeah. to you. Let, let's talk about it. Let, let's let's figure this right. thing out. You know what I'm saying? I want to understand right. you. But Definitely. she's writing about everything, man. Yeah. She's writing about culture. She's writing about race. She's writing about gender. She read the stuff on music, even the recent stuff. I saw a great piece uh, before. I was. I'm not on social media now, but when I was, she had a great piece of commentary about Beyonce and pop culture, man. I mean, the I love people like that who can really make those connections for people. So you think, oh, Bell Hooks, you have Williams, I'm at McAllister College, all these different places. If you're on any liberal arts college or any college, you read Bell Hooks or somebody's yeah. assigned it on a syllabus. But guess what? If you never know of Bell Hooks, you she's influencing you by the people who are teaching you who are interacting with you, you know, around pedagogy, around teaching. I mean, the stuff she's doing on, that she's doing teaching and race and, and representation around whiteness. Just, I mean, you got to work really hard to be able to make those connections. And so we all have a bell hook story like that. We were trying to carry the book around and have the girl we like see us with that book, you know? <laughs> and it was, but the thing that bell hooks is that she seeped into our mind, right? So we start there. And if, if we, if, because her work is so substantive, you end up reading and going, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I really want to talk to this woman or, or this, this human, this other human, I need, I, if I look through this lens, she might see me better. That's the thing that I can tell you that, being a father of four daughters didn't make me understand women better. 
it made me want to understand women better. And bell hooks make me make me did that. I don't think there's any, you know, I don't it, it did not even magically understand women better because I had Jasmine Jamaica Zora Zadie. But I wanted to understand them and I wanted them to be like bell hooks. I wanted to I wanted to be able to shape and define and support um, you know, uh for black girls um who would be able to be in the world where bell hooks was imagining the world. That's what I can tell you. That's the thing that I love about her. Like, okay, I got a lot to learn about this and bell hooks has helped me learn how to be the best version of a, of an ally to the, the black women in my life and i i really um owe her a tremendous that she had a great impact on my teaching my thinking and my ability to try harder at listening so again any book by her and why i like the book i recommend it why i like it is that's what she's known for but then to be able to pivot and talk about black men in the same way that's just, that's pro level skill, man. That's not, everybody can't do that. You know, some people can get in their lane and they get there and they do that well, but then they go off and then, you know, it's like, wow, I like that. It's like your favorite singer, you know, you like them in one genre, then they try to give you a different album. And you're like, mm. yeah, I, I never saw them as a rapper. I never saw them <laughs> uh, as an R&B singer, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then some people just, they can do it. Some people are like Prince. They just can go anywhere they want to go. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a Minneapolis real, influence. Real I, I, I knew you were gonna say Prince. You was in Minneapolis all that time. But. Hey man, listen. <laughs> when in doubt, go Prince, baby. Gotcha. When in doubt, go Prince. All right, so that's Bell Hooks. We real cool. Black men and masculinity. Okay, what's your next book? What's your next re- recommendation? Oh, uh, here's the book. This is the debut novel. Uh, you gotta get this one. Okay, love songs for W. E. B. Du Bois. I heard okay. about this. Yeah. Yeah. Now this book is on everybody's top ten list. It's lyrical. It's beautiful. You know, it's well written. It it gets at it gets at all those contemporary themes and the love songs are just these kind of end. Of, they're not really love songs. They're kind of interspersed with these little, um, you know, commentaries and insights about you know, um, you know, the struggles and development of the main character. It's a novel, and it's a really you know what I like about first novels is writers who I admire when they're writing their first novel. They like, I don't know if I'm gonna get a second novel, so I bring everything. You know, I, I don't leave. I, maybe I'm gonna write a second novel, but if I don't write a second novel, I'm gonna leave everything on the table. That that book is complex, it's beautiful, it's well written. Um, I gotta. Um, it, it's just one of those books that um, you know you get a lot of debut novels, and I read. I start reading a lot of books, and it, and they they hype them up, and some of them I'm like, okay, by the middle of the book, I'm like, I got what they were trying to do, but they were uneven. In this mm-hmm. book, I think what the writer's trying to do and trying to introduce us to a lot of the ideas about, uh, you know, the experiences of a particular family and the, a, a woman and her journey and all those things, they're really there. It's really there. And you want to, here's the thing, you want to follow her because the writing is what's making you want to follow, right? That's what I like. I mean, sometimes I like the story, but sometimes it is one of those books that is truly lyrical. It's like, okay. It's like a person who listens to opera and they don't understand opera, but they know that this person's doing something special. Sure, That's what I, I would say. say. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know what? Or, you know, it's like if someone asks me all the time, what kind of music you like? And I always tell them, I like good music. I mean, I'm going to tell me the best bluegrass country hip hop person. Who's the best at that? I want to see the best. Well, she's doing that thing where her writing is so beautiful. The story will, you will follow the story because she, she's giving you a way to want to follow it. And you want to know what it is. You want to take her there. So love song, um, you know, uh, W.B. Du Bois, love songs with W.B. Du Bois is a, is a, is a, it's on everybody's top. You go any place, you're going to find that book. 
Okay. You know, love songs for W. E. And he says it's a debut novel. So this person is yep. that first her first novel. Yep. Yep. Uh, on Anari Fanon, I think it is Fanon. Okay. No, I'll, I'll give you the spelling. Yeah, I, I, I saw it. I, I, but I saw it. I couldn't say it. So I was like, I don't want to butcher yeah. her name. <laughs> it's no, no, like no, Anari yeah. to me. But, yeah. But butcher, you know, Anari, Anari, <laughs> Yeah, she's great. Um, okay. And then look, I always think. On these top 10 lists and these year-end lists, I always tell people, go back to the class, go back to the class. So I'm going to resist that. So I always think if you want to um, take a break from the other genres that we get our information from, you know, you can always read what I call uh, the African-American canon, which covers everything, right? That's Morrison, that's James Baldwin, all that kind of stuff. But the person, the last book that I would recommend is a book called Palmares, uh, P.A. P-A-L-M-A-R-S by Gail Jones. And Gail Jones is one of those people who's been around for a long time. She wrote this book, Cordia, back in, in the 70s. And guess what? The editor of that book was Toni Morrison. And oh, wow. Toni Morrison was like, hey, listen, you read this book called Cordia. This woman, as every other book written after this, is going to define the literature about Black women. And she was a superstar then. But here's the thing. This latest book, 40 years later, Paul Maris, she has written other books that got, you know, mid-list support. But everybody is kind of like an inside, anybody who's a writer, and certainly those who are interested in African-American writing and literature, talked a lot about Gail Jones. And um, she had this little, you know, there was word on the street was, hey, there's this book that she showed her editors called Paul Maris. It's about uh, Brazil and blah, blah, blah. And she, you could check it out. Well, guess what? Now, this is a beast of a book. This wow. is the book you got to sit down. You got to get yourself somewhere. You got to you got to wrap your mind around it. So Palmetto's were the spaces where it's um, where uh, escaped slaves uh, hid out in Brazil. The largest Palmetto's was the largest what they call Quilombos. These were uh, pl places where free where slaves were escaping and setting up their own communities. Okay, and Palmetto's was the largest mm -hmm. one in Brazil. It had between five and twenty thousand people who lived in there who lived there. And they, they, they were autonomous. They were independent. I mean, Brazil is so huge. Um, and this is a really, this is a novel about that kind of transatlantic experience. The things, the crisscrossing of the Black Atlantic, you know, a million or so people went to North America. But guess what? Brazil had 10 times as many people. And so all the stories that we tell about the African-American experience, um, the diaspora experience, you, you know, she's got her arms around this idea of Brazil and the idea of, exercise and autonomy, the meaning of freedom, uh, the, you know, the challenges that one encounters and the choices that people of African descent have made about, you know what, we've always asserted our independence and our autonomy. It's a great book, man, but it's, it's a book that I would say, you're talking about the book where you used to, you want to try to impress a girl where you want to impress somebody with, just pick up Palmeiras and walk around with it. Okay, <laughs> just walk around with it. You're going to have all this introduction to Afro-Brazilian history, slavery, transatlantic slave trade, uh, identity, all those all those kind of themes about transformation. And, and Gail Jones is a beautiful writer. She's the kind of person that if you if you can get started on that book, you'll go back to her first book and her other books. She's writing. She's doing some uh, some really good stuff. Again, one of those writers who. If you trust her, she won't disappoint you. She yeah. will not disappoint you. She, you, because you'll be like, you look at Palmeiras, and you'll be like, oh, I don't know, man. That's kind of a big book, huh? You know, I got a lot of stuff I got to do. I can look at this. You know, I can look at Twitter, and I can just pop off a couple of characters, and I'll be good. And she's gonna make you think as much as you like Twitter, as many TikTok videos as you make. 
Palmeiras makes you realize there are times and places for books. There's a there's still a place in this world for just a a, a, a book of grand design. That's mm-hmm. what I would tell you. This is a book of grand design. So there's a New York Times article from September 21. that's talking about just what you said. Just like, you know, this book is coming alive. People are rereading it again. And she's, getting, yep. she's getting some real shine from it. So that's cool. Yeah, no. And, and listen, it's not a joke, man. It, again, what happens is what what what, what books do that often um, the, the well-written books do is they capture our imagination because it takes a lot to get our attention. I mean, look us between us. We got seven kids, okay? So, <laughs> all right. So, what, yeah. you know, if I'm going to stop and do something, man, <laughs> if I'm going to stop jumping over toys and checking on my dog kids, and, yeah, you know, yeah. okay, I need something that's going to capture my imagination. I just can't have something not do that. And, yeah. when, and so, when a book does that, I go, wait a minute, why am I doing this as opposed to cooking dinner? Why sure. am I doing this as better checking on my granddaughters? Why am I not calling? Uh, my my adult daughters like why am I not talking to them? This book is making me do that. So books that can capture your imagination are always worth reading, and it doesn't always have to be something heavy and serious. Is that it has to capture our imagination? Like we really have to, um, uh, you know, we have to give credit where credit's due, and we have to genuflect at the altar of creativity when we have an opportunity to do that. And again, Gail Jones does that. You know. Of course, Bell Hooks does it, and you know, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, Honoré Fanon. As I'm, 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 forgive me for mispronouncing her name, but her book does that. And here's the thing: they're all variations of the same thing. Writers who are different skills and different ability, but the one thing they have in common is they're they're inviting us to take a risk, and then they're rewarding us for doing that. Now, again, those aren't the only books, but I always say, if I give you enough that you go with those three books we can always continue the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I really do. Like, there's a, a great book, you know, on this whole issue around uh, reproductive rights and role. That's a tremendous book that's out about that, that's worth um, that's worth reading. But that's the kind of book you got to, like, you got to kind of want to come to it, right? People think, oh, I don't know if I want to read anything about reproductive rights. I'm like, oh, you know what? But you want to know about the... You want to know about the Supreme Court. You want to know about the decision-making about yeah. those kind of things. <laughs> and you want to know about how and why this generation defining supreme court case is going to impact your life no matter where you are on the on the issue yeah. you can't ignore it because ignoring it doesn't actually make the the weight of the issues go away it, they, they always catch up with you so i always tell people you don't have to be a lawyer or you know um or anyone else or as, as i tell some people you don't have to like sports but guess what sports permeate your life so you don't have to be a bears fan or a cowboys fan or a white Sox fan listen Sports are going to impact your life. You might want to be familiar with it just so you can figure out where it is. That's true with literature. That's true with sports. That's true with music and art in in general. So um, big ideas come through and often people see the title and they think, ah, that's not something that I want. You know, Um, look, I I lied. One other thing I got to mention, I got to do this. You you, you got me going, which is (laughs) there is this tremendous tremendous latin x comic book man that's come out oh my god mm. uh I, I i i really i i i've been trying to figure out how I'm to fit to find it. it okay yeah what's I'm, the name of the book what's do you know the name of it i i'll think of it in a second it's okay. a trip it just came out um it just came out um not more than a couple of weeks ago and the, what, what makes it good is it really takes on the whole issue is it, of, is it, is it tales from la vida uh, who's the author? And I'll tell you. Frederick Luis Al- Aldama. Yes, yes, yes. 
it's tremendous, man. And it's tremendous. I got a really um so Tales uh, from La Vida, a Latinx comics anthology. Yes. Resident yes. Aldama. Okay. Yep. Yep. Because here's the thing. We have to deal with the demographic reality, right? Mm. There that, you know, our use of Latino, Chicano, Latin X, the merging of this, the, the demographic shifts. That means that the stories also shift, right? Some people are like, oh, this and that is happening with Latinx, this with African Americans, or this with um, Asian, um, you know, Pacific Island communities. I'm like, listen, when we include the expand the narrative, then our understanding of who we are expands. And I love the fact that uh, they've always been permeating on the edges these these Latinx characters who you know into our universe. And guess what? superheroes come in many colors they come in many backgrounds and if you don't create those superheroes in those ways then what you're really saying is that you're privileging one over the other and that's not the intention of most people most people are like i would like to have known that right you'd <laughs> like to have known that there was this tremendous thing the writing is good the storytelling is good of course the comic um the, the illustrations are tremendous man and the backstory is fabulous i mean like i said i promise you i wouldn't go 100 books so i'm a, Give me one more. I know you got one. I know you got one more. I got to get one more. Oh to man, you want me to give me one more? Oh, now you really got me going. <laughs> um, you really the the only book that I would you know you're gonna laugh at this one. Now this is really um, Rita Dove has a new poetry series out, a new poet, a book of a collection out just that just came out. Again, what I like about to Rita Dove, like Rita Dove just came out. Maybe um, you know she's the former poet laureate of the U.S. And I like the fact that she, um, there's space in between, you know, like she's written a lot of stuff. Her poetry is really good and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, sometimes poetry need time to reflect. And when they come back, you see what they were thinking about. So I like the idea of seeing the evolution. You know, mm -hmm. if you're a person who likes poetry, I think Rita, Rita Dove's work is a good, a good, good, good to pick up, uh, and, and, and kind of reintroduce. She's doing a lot of good stuff, um, in that in that in that book you know in that in that book of poetry you know that really, really she really is she's doing a tremendous amount of um what i call um showing her reflection showing what's on her mind but also speaking to the contemporary moment which poets do you know in a way that novels do they just do it in such a compact way i'm always blown away about how a poet can tell a story uh that might take a novelist or a writer longer longer and we got we, we come away with the same kind of impact so yeah. um you know listen if you got if you were looking to give somebody some christmas gifts or kwanzaa gifts or that's say boxing day gifts if you're in canada okay <laughs> um these Flex. books would be a good place to start right hmm. it, it's not it's no disrespect to the whole conversation about um climate change which you could talk about about finance i mean there are just other areas right so part of it is you got to figure out where you want to start. And to me, that's a good place to start. You know, you start with those because the economy of the language, the imagination takes your brain in different places and it opens you up to sports and finances uh, and crime and politics. Like there are, there are so many um, ways that we can go, but I always say those five books to me are the, are a good invitation to the imagination. That's how I would put it. They aren't the, that you know, if I had a, a my top ten books, I might have those and others on it. But they're all with again. I think people need an invitation to the imagination. That's what That's they cool. really need. And then you either accept it or you reject it. Because I I would say this: anybody who's listening to the podcast or we talk with, they may not like all those books, but I promise you, 
of the books we've talked about, one of those is going to capture somebody's imagination. They're going to make you turn attention to that book rather than your other obligations. Maybe not all five, but one of them will do it. And if yeah. we're lucky, more than that, you know. Yeah. And then you start saying, what else do I want to read? If I'm not going to be listening to podcasts. If I'm not going to be looking at, you know, things on social media platform. And I actually want to read a book. What else might I read? That I'll, I'll, I'll kind of segue with this. I always tell people, I don't expect people to get better at reading or engaging in reading uh, if they don't practice. The same way I wouldn't expect a, a basketball player to get better or, or a musician to get better. Practice is the way you get better. We're just out of practice with reading, right? And so how are you going to get better at it and do more of it if you fall out of practice with it? With it? You can't. It can't happen, right? So, so, so how, you want, how, you want how to read you... more, you got to practice more. So how does that look like? Like what's so so again? If, if my jump shot is broke, right? There's certain things that I do because I because I I'll be honest with you, right? I'll probably buy every book on here and I'll stack them. Then right. I'll go. When am I gonna? When am I gonna right. get to it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how, how can because, we practice? That's because that's because you let you let the perfect be the enemy of the great. Here's the thing. Mm. I used to give students the assignment. I would tell them. You have to read and write 30 minutes. And they would tell me the same thing, Dr. Williams, Professor Williams. Hey, I can't do it. I say, let me ask you a question. Can you do anything for three minutes? Yes. Okay. Then do it three, then do it 10 times. Can you do anything for one minute? Okay. You're telling me you can't read for one minute. I always tell people you can't read for one minute. You can't write for one minute. Come on, man. Like, here's the thing. If you can't read for one minute and get in and build up the capacity to go 30 minutes, I can't help you. You can't read, because here's the thing, you don't have to read 30 minutes at a time. Yeah. Over the course of the day, can you read one time, do it 30 times? Well, maybe you can. Can you go two minutes? Is there any moments we have? Every two minutes, you're there. And then some of us can sit for 30 minutes, but you don't have to do it all at once. If you don't have to do it all at once, it's fine. Similarly, once you get your stack of books, you open it up. Just read the introduction to read real cool and then put it down. Yeah. Okay. Just read one poem. Listen, you read one poem by Rita Dove. That's that's your reading. That's it. That's yeah. your reading. Uh, you read, <laughs> let me tell you something. You read one poem by Rita Dove, you're gonna be good. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. You mess around, you read the introduction to any of those novels. I'm talking about a page. Okay. Because remember, the goal is to read. So if you're saying you don't have time, what we're saying is we're trying to create the space for the space to read more. So we have to give people realistic uh, ideals. What can you reasonably do? And if the goal is 30 minutes, maybe you don't jump to that 30 minutes. Maybe you say what I always tell people, one minute, 30 times, two minutes, 15 times, three minutes, 10 times over the course of a day. And guess what? If you fall short and you only read three minutes, three times, that's nine more minutes than you were reading. Yeah. Okay. I, that's not a defeat because the goal is still 30 minutes. And if you're, if you want to get in the habit of reading and you want to get in the habit of being a better musician, you want to build a better jump shot. When I was playing ball, it was 500 jump shots every day. If I got to 398, was that a failure? No. Okay. That meant the next day I had a chance to get to 425. But when I got there, it was about to practice and mm. practice and practice. Every musician has told me I got better, not by the performances, but it's by the practice. The performance was the payoff for the practice. Yeah. The same is true for the reading. OK, if you want to feed your mind, you have to give it something that it can eat. I mean, and words are things that we can eat. Words are things that make sense. It's why we do podcasts. It's why we listen to music. It's why lyrics make sense. So 
if you that 30 minute model is a good one because we're all very busy. So it's the question of our goal is to get better at sustaining our interest and cultivating that creativity. You have to practice that. There is no other way around that. So the premise of our conversation is about the fact that we've fallen out of practice from reading and the books that we're suggesting are a way to get back into practice. So that's what I would say to you. Stack them up and force yourself to say, okay, can I, hey, can I give me, can I give one minute here? And then you almost laugh at that. Like, okay, I can give one minute. Like, yeah, seriously. Right. 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 You, and you, and you can laugh at that, but then you mess around and you say, and that that's the habit. It's, it's that's the thing you got to do. You got to force yourself to do it. And then ask people, Hey, can you read this for a minute? It, it's the same amount of time you take to read a, a, a tweet or, or, or something else. It's the same. You just decide where you want to use your time. Yeah, I had to put a time on my Instagram to, to to get me off of it. But to your point, that I don't say how much my how long my time is, but that time a day I could have read a, a full half of a book for sure. I think I know for right. me, the issue is you you made you made a comment about uh, perfection, right? And I think to that's just some of my issue, right? I'll, I'll see a book and I'm like, I should read this by next week. Right. And it's like, it's like, and I guess what you're saying is like, that's not, that's not the, that's not the goal right now. It's like, mm-hmm. just read it consistently. And over time, I'll, I'll be knocking the book out. Like, like it's like, it's nothing. Right. And if you, here's the thing. And if you have those books scattered in your house, I love the idea of stacking. I have a friend, one of my great, great friends, Ira Blake. She used to have a great strategy for her son. She would do your same thing. She would see a book that was interest, interesting or important for him to read. And she would just stack them in places in the house. And eventually, over time, it would sometimes be years. He'd say things like, hey, mom, you ever heard of this guy, W.A.B. Du Bois? That's funny you should ask. We got that, that Souls of Black Folks is right down there on the thing. But if you don't have that book and the curiosity comes, how do you feed the need? Okay? Yeah. So the, the the idea of stacking, you may think, oh, man, I bought, I didn't spend $100 on books. I ain't read them. No. Eventually, you're engaging and you're going to realize, I got this book. So I got this book somewhere. I got it. Right. Do you know the number of people that I know who I talk to all the time who are well versed, engaged, they have the same kind of interesting ideas like you and I? If I ask them, have they read a Tony Morrison book? Like, oh, no, man, it was too hard, man. You know, I, I tried to go with blacks. I got stumped and I always tell them what you tried to do was sit down and read the whole book. Right? <laughs> that's, so, a Robbie, that's a Robbie move. Yeah. Right. So you, <laughs> you set yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. But all you really had to do was listen. If you got Tony Morrison somewhere near you, you got Baldwin somewhere near you, you know, you got Faulkner somewhere near you. Eventually they permeate you. If they're available, it's just easier to get them. So that, that's why you that's why you do it, right? That's why you fill your space up with those things, right? Because eventually you will you will suss out, you will be able to kind of decide, okay, I want to prioritize this. I've given, I've said the reading is important. Now I'm going to talk about the fact that. I have a I have a deep well that I can draw from. But if your well is not deep, then you can't draw from it. You can't you can't sustain yourself. You can't support yourself, and you can't inspire yourself to do something. So that's why the well has to be deep. And you make the well deep by buying those books and stacking them and making them available. And eventually, sometimes what happens to me is I'll have a book, and someone will come over and say, "Oh man, I see you got that Cicely Tyson, um, uh, you know, biography. You know, oh." You know, you see, you got me going. Um, John Thompson's biography. You mm. got the, the late coach of, of, um, yeah. of, 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 I came as a shadow. I came as a shadow by John Thompson. You got, you got to have that one, man. Okay. You know, um, again, 
someone who was his story is so interesting. They're talking about the basketball. His life as a basketball coach is only equally interesting to the other parts of his life, you know? Wow. So again, if you don't have those books around, then your friend can't come over and pull off a book. What are you reading? What are you talking about? Did you hear about this book? So we used to exchange mixed tapes and we used to exchange CDs and albums. We should be having the stuff available, right? But if we're in isolation and we're only looking at our phone, then we're not looking at books and people don't know what we're reading, right? And I make a habit of letting people know what I'm reading. I'm always reading something because I'm always want to be engaged in ideas. And sometimes I might have to say, you know what, Robbie, I'm gonna pass the um, I'm gonna pass the baton to you. I need you to take, I need you to take it from here. I took it the first 200 meters and I'm gonna let you take it the next way. And so this is as far as I got in the book. Tell me what you think about it. Hmm. You know, uh, that's a good way to do it. And telling people what you're reading is also a good way to create a little social pressure for yourself. It's like when I'm when I'm trying to run and get in shape, and I tell people I'm going to start running a half marathon, and people start asking, well, how's your running going? Oh, I got to start running. Okay, yeah, I got to yeah. do it. Reading is the same way. They're all, to me, they're all habits of the mind and habits of the body, and they sustain the spirit because if you got a strong mind, strong body, it makes you want to do other things. That's why I would tell you, man, you got to really um, think about that. Give up on the whole idea of, I hear, I get excited about a book, if I don't read it in a week, it's a failure. It's absolutely not a failure. Mm. It's not a failure. It's a failure if you don't get the book. It's a failure if you get the book. It's a failure if you don't write down that title and have it on your phone or someplace where you can remind yourself that I'm going to get the book. Yeah. You know? Now, um, I forgot my question. How many books do you read a year? I mean, or do, like, approximately, because I'm sure at this, at this stage, you just pick them up. I would say I probably read about a hundred books a year. That's do you know how insane that sounds to me? Good God. <laughs> now, do you read, now, do you read books at the same time or do you read like you, you finish a book? You know, I would you, say you... I, it depends. Sometimes some, if I, I would say I do both. I do both. It depends. Right. So here's the thing, because I'm always having a book with me. Yeah. I'm trying to pick it up. Right. And I'm trying to figure out, do I need to get back into the book? Or I need to get started. I, I, and I need to have that. I'm going to be listening to music. I'm going to be reading newspaper. I'm going to be talking with people. But at some point, the my mind needs to have a place, like I say, where I go, where I'm cultivating that creativity. And it's only crazy if, like, this is where I would tell you. You wouldn't say that a great marathon, if you asked him, or you asked her how many miles you run, Yeah. All right? They're running 20 miles a day. They're running five days a week. Do the math on that, okay? They're running, they're running, they're running 50 weeks out of the year. And they're running 20 miles a day. And if we know what how many miles there are, the average person would say, wow, that's a lot. Well, it's only a lot if if you don't want to be a good marathoner. I mean, yeah. you know, it's only, you know, it's it's just practice. For me, it's just practice. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm reading, and when I say books, all but here's the thing, Robbie, all kinds of books. I'm reading graphic novels, books of poetry, biographies. I'm reading fiction and nonfiction. I'm reading short story collections. I'm reading all those things. Okay. So I think the reason that people get in a rut is they start reading one genre. I'm reading Mm. uh, books about travel. Uh, I love travel writing. I'm reading uh, books on photography, you know, just great photo essays. So those are all books. They have literature, they got text, they got a, a theme. You know, it's not every book isn't. Um, you know, again, isn't beloved, isn't jazz. You know, I'm reading serious novels. I'm reading books that are funny. I'm reading memoirs. 
because I'm trying to get at a number of things and avoid the rut of only reading one kind of genre. I'm looking at books about architecture, uh, books mm-hmm. on um, um, music. I mean, the great, the, 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 the book that I read that was most interesting, you're going to laugh at this, is uh, Raekwon from the Wu-Tang Clan, man. <laughs> that book is off the chain, man. Wow, okay? Wow, yeah. Okay? Like, mm-hmm. like that book, I, I, I saw it. I said, you know what? I, I saw an interview with him. I love the Wu-Tang Clan. I've looked at their stuff. I said, I'm going to read. And I picked it up and I started reading it. And someone saw me reading it. I said, hey, man, look, the Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to mess with. That's all I'm going to tell you. Okay? The Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to mess with. Okay? And I, and I had a whole Wu-Tang Wednesday. I'm just uh, reading Wu-Tang only on Wednesday, baby. Ah, and so yeah. you got, you got, so if you, again, different kind of books, right? So mm-hmm. someone's going to look at that who might not see me in that light. And they see me reading the Wu-Tang Clan and they go, oh, okay, that's the book the cat's reading. Oh, okay, I can do that, right? Um, you know, and you know, I like sports. That's a great, uh, I saw this, I got this, this book I'm reading about uh, James Poole, Papa Bell from the Negro Leagues. Um, I saw it the other day. I said, man, I, gotta, I just started reading the first chapter or so in the bookstore. And I said, okay, I'm going to get it. And I did what you did. I read the first two chapters and I put it in the stack. I got my, my, my sports stack. I said, I, I said, I can get to it by the time my White Sox tee off for open the season. Yes, sir. I'll, I'll get myself. That's good. So that's what you got to do, man. That's, yeah. There's tons of books like that. Don't get caught in a rut. Try um, different genres. You know, for me, as a historian, I'm always reading um, different different books. And there, there, there's a part of me as a historian that feeds that. The book about Juneteenth that came out, it's, it's a tremendous book, man. It's a really, you know, that book was out before we had our national holiday and then suddenly, you know, the very things that the writer was talking about. But as a historian, I was like, we should have really been talking about Juneteenth forever. And then suddenly this great book on Juneteenth comes out and then we get this national holiday. So that's the kind of thing that I was glad I had that book and I had been reading it before we decided to get this, you know, this, this federal holiday. So you yeah. get a number of, of books that may come out. And if you're reading different genres, then to me, that's the best kind of preparation. It shows that you are not, um, you know, you're broad minded about your reading. That's the one thing I would strongly recommend. Be mm. broad minded. Um, take some risk uh, with the kinds of books that you might read. And, and here's the thing. As one of the librarian once told me, be OK with rejecting it. Right. When you listen mm. to the radio, you change the channel sometimes. You don't always stay on the same channel. So be OK with that. You know, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I believe the library is one of our most underused resources in, in all of our yep. major cities, man. I mean, like, yep. so, yep. you know, take the chipmunks to the library like every weekend, every other weekend, whatever. Yes. And I mean, it's just because just I wanted them to just get used to the library and know whatever book you want isn't here. And I mean, the library wow. offers so many resources. So it's like, to your point, and, and, and I mean, I've read so many books just because I, you know, get the kids books and I just grab a book yep. just so when they, when they're reading, they, I, and this is reading time for them, the reading time yep. for me too. You know what I mean? But I, um, I, I appreciate your point about broadening the genres. Cause I know for me, I kind of get stuck in businessy books, right? Right. You know, I got an MBA. I should really read right, stuff. Right. It's like, know. you know, why not pick up a book? Like you, like you were talking about the different things you learn about, but how else do you learn about it? And truly, you know, it's nothing's better than like you meet somebody and you have a random conversation about architecture. You just, you know, right. you're more asking them questions based upon the knowledge you got, but you have a place of reference to ask questions right. from. Yeah. Right. I appreciate right. that. Point. Hey, hey, look, for the chipmunks, all right? Yeah. The Jimi Hendrix children book and the Nina Simone children book. When I see you, 
you might end up with a copy of it if you behave yourself for the rest of this conversation. <laughs> you might. I don't know, man. If I can make make it in my hometown. I, I do what uh, I can, I, man. Listen, I wish I could pull it out here. I'm in a car. I got this book. And it's, again, books that I buy. The Jimi Hendrix children book. It is so, the illustration stories are amazing. The Nina, the Nina Simone kids book, it's, I don't know. I'm mad that I didn't write that book. Yeah. I'm really mad. It's beautiful. You know, it's too, it's, it's really two great children's books. And then, okay, now I got to, because I'm a historian, I would get thrown out of the, out of his, out of, out of the clique. Mm-hmm. The children's book about the 1619 project. That one you got. Oh, have. there's a children's book. Oh, I didn't know. There's See a that. children's book about the 1619. Now, now this, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, my youngest daughter, Zadie, that's mm-hmm. going to be her holiday gift. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping she doesn't hear this podcast before then. If she does, <laughs> you know, uh, happy, uh, happy, you know, happy Christmas, Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, mm-hmm. uh, Boxing, you know, Day. Uh, Boxing Day, the whole bit, and Happy New Year. That book, the 1619 project, book the children's version is a tremendous book you know yeah. really like seriously th- like those are books that you have um in your house that ostensibly for children but i'm gonna be very honest with you robbie uh, i'm a big Jimi hendrix fan i saw that book i thought why didn't somebody else Thank why you, and it's a really great children's book that any that you would you could read to your kids and you would love it just as much mm-hmm. and then the nina simone book the same way the illustrations are great but the story is great sometimes you know you have a great illustrations in a children's book but the story is like the kids are like what is this like okay you know and sometimes the story is great it's like this story would be really further embellished if it had better illustrations well this like i said the jimmy Hendrix book um this just came out the children's book and the um nina simone book they do both of those things extremely well and uh you know, if you have kids in your life, then you got to have those books you i know i'm a historian you're always teaching people about story yeah. history so you know, that 1619 project is really good. They've revised it. They've spoke to some of the criticisms that they got, little stuff that people took issue with. But at the end of the day, you know, that 1619 project shifts the narrative, shifts the center of where the American experience begins and builds from. And the more practice and time you have to think about it, the more the more time, you know, you can digest it. I know often you and I are talking about like things we wanted to learn or should have learned in school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the this is the kind of book that that I think speaks to that that need of getting people going, getting the narrative going, getting students engaged early, um, and doing it in an accessible way. I mean, it's an extremely well written book. It's got uh, individual chapters by some of the leading historians, and it's designed for you know popular consumption. But it's a serious and substantive uh, uh, book, you know, um, and that I think kids can be introduced to and then go back to you know, over and over. It's not the kind of book you put down and you don't go back to it. So, you know, I kept my promise. I've kept my my, my list under 100 so far. <laughs> hey, man, hey, man, listen, you gave us a good list of books. We'll definitely tag them and list them in the notes uh, okay. on the podcast. But, man, I, I appreciate this. This actually was encouraging more than I thought. I thought I was doing this for the people, but I did it for me, I guess. Because, like, it's truly, always. truly, man, yeah. it's like I, I really love a good book. Like when I Like when I finish a book, it is such yeah. an accomplishment for me, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because it's like, oh, I, I stuck with this thing. Um, yeah. But I, I definitely, man, I'm going to. I'm. I guess a lot of these books, I'm probably going. I'm, I'm probably going to cop all these books for sure. Yeah. Um, that Palm- that Palmeiras book sounds very interesting. Like about it the is. Brazil. You'll yeah. like it. You'll like. Go back there. Gail Jones is one that that you'll like her stuff. Like I think you'll like it. The Palmeiras book is just, you know, it's a, it's 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 it, 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 it speaks to a lot of things that I know you're interested in, and you can play with. But again. 
The goal is fix a decide how much time you have set the same do a timer for your books you mm. got a timer for instagram do a timer for your books i say 30 minutes you can say 15 minutes but i still say this do the math you're a businessman yeah. 10 minutes times the number of days we have all right that's 3650 minutes of reading yeah. i mean if that's you read 3650 yeah. minutes it's not perfect but guess what that's a lot more than what most people are doing. Yeah. Okay. And you'll get through some books, man. Yeah. You will get through some books and you'll get you you'll you'll be glad that you did it and you'll be glad that you invested time. It's not a waste of your time. Like mm. I, everybody's time is valuable. I don't care if you are a firefighter or a carpenter, you're a psychiatrist, you are, you know, you are a venture capitalist. Time, time and people's time is important. So if we're asking you to do this thing. I think that if you invest more time in reading, you will see that uh, you'll get the return on the investment. You know, you'll get the the ROI, as you guys like to say. So <laughs> you'll be good. You know, you'll well, definitely get it. Absolutely, man. World, I always appreciate you teaching this, man. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. I don't know. You know, the last part, I don't ever heard your theme music, man. We made some theme music for you, man. So it's called oh, like, man. Around the World. I got it. All right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Yeah, so get you got no, I'm all about theme music, so that's my. I, I love that. So now I got, I got that. I'm, a, I'm all in. Absolutely, I'm all in. absolutely. But man, thank you so much, Rod. I love you, man. My pleasure. Love hey, you right back, man. Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Kwanzaa. What else you say? Hanukkah, Boxing, Boxing Day. Day. Don't forget Boxing Day. <laughs> <laughs> that's why people say Happy Holidays. No doubt, all right, man. man. I love See you, man. Be soon. good. Cool. Yeah, nothing but love for you. Want to thank my brother, my friend. Professor Williams, a.k.a. Dr. World, for being on the Super Duper Podcast today. Is, is there a book you want to read? Like, is there a book you have on your uh, dresser at home that you're like, I got to get, I got to get through this book? I'm, I think I'm going to start. Uh, I hope I'm not giving anything away. Mm. She, she won't, she won't hear. Um, the 1619 Project. Okay. I think that's going, that's the next one. Yeah. And it'll probably take me like three years to get through it, but I'm <laughs> I'm going to do it though. Well, again, like Dr. Williams was saying, is like you know we have to build up to reading. He said he mentioned it. Reading, you know, if you if you're trying to play ball or sports, you know, what I'm saying you build up to a certain level. You don't just start shooting out 500 shots a day. You got to build up to that. He's like, and with reading, he's like, you can read a minute a day. That's what he talked about. So okay, you know, I, I thought about it. Like I I have on a list to read 20 minutes a day. And you can really get through a lot in 20 minutes, not even, not even 20 minutes or maybe a chapter a day, right? And I mean, you do that enough, you can get through a book because, you know, you might just keep reading while you're sitting down. But I think, you know, and he, he mentioned not trying to read the whole book in one sitting. I know that's my problem. I try to, I get a book like, I'm reading this this week. And then, you know, I'm discouraged when I don't get a chance to crack it open. But I think he talked about it being consistent. And just, you know, again, there's so much, I appreciate this conversation about um, not just reading the same thing or the same genre, like picking up different types of books, you know what I'm saying? That just to, you know, it's to every, every people, you know, is it something where you know a little bit about everything, right? You have a conversation with anybody, anywhere. You're just asking really good questions, man. That's the kind of guy I try to be. So again, we appreciate you listening to the Super Duper Podcast. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Ez. You too, man. You too. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and again, to all of you, Merry Christmas. Please be safe. Hope you guys didn't go broke uh, buying Christmas gifts this year. Uh, please, please, please go get tested because that Omarion is no joke. So go get tested. Like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's what they called it, man. You know what I'm saying? Just want to make sure people understand. Touch. Omicron. 
Omicron. I know Mario. I was like, no. Touch. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like Corona was like, don't call it Corona. Please don't call it Corona. No, no. Oh, God. And Omarion was like, don't, please don't. But the Omicron, aka the Omarion, is out here and it's spreading. So just be careful, everybody. But we wish you a, a safe and a blessed holiday. Read a book. Read a book. Read a blanket, blanket book. You'll get that. You look it up on YouTube. Um, and, and please be safe, be careful, love your family, uh, take care of yourselves. And, you know, and I, I'm, let me say this. I know we kind of assume everybody's having a, say, a wonderful Christmas and like this is a, uh, a happy time. But there are some people who, you know, the holidays like this represent, you know, loneliness, um, you know, maybe loss of a loved one. Um, you know what I'm saying? And just we're thinking of you at this time. So just be kind and thoughtful to all of your people. Check on your people during this holiday season. So again, we appreciate you guys to the Super Duper Podcast. Wherever you are, wherever you may be, we really appreciate your listening. So take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. God bless you. This is the Super Duper Podcast. Would you be off on this campaign? Is it suicide? If you know that bringing hope here's how careers die. Or do the case stand for kamikaze? For Jay Silent, it's everywhere you can feel them falling. Sure, lately, I've been up late with what? demons in my basement trying to get me to hate this. What? Life thinking I should be further, and then I choke up. As soon as I got silent, then the truth spoke up. This said, How you know you ain't perfect? Let that soak up and soak in. You know how you know that you're blessed. I woke up.